Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2019 live action remake of Lady and the Tramp. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware that we might talk about the plot. We might spoil it for you. Enjoy. Um, I've told you how much I love that song. Yeah, I we we must have talked about it before when we did the episode about keeping the faith, where it plays while the hip priest and the rabbi are walking down the street in their leather jackets. But it's always worth revisiting, isn't it? It is. It is. I I I absolutely adore that song. It's one of my all-time favorites, and I listen to it too much in the summer because it is a song that talks about being seven inches from the midday sun which is where we are right now yeah definitely even though it's eight thirty p.m it's it's midday somewhere yeah it's true and the sun doesn't care the sun doesn't no. think oh it's midday the sun doesn't care about your facts <laughs> and <laughs> no, what, 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 what i mean i mean the sun doesn't care about your feelings <laughs> well all your facts <laughs> I think I think I've said before that actually that the by which I mean the Sun newspaper, obviously. <laughs> um, I said before the 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 statement facts don't care about your feelings as some kind of condemnation of um of unscientific arguments is a complete misunderstanding of how arguments work because as the human mind does not actually resonate that well with facts being delivered to them unless there is an emotional attachment to them. So mm-hmm. the the more accurate statement would be feelings don't care about your facts. Yeah. Take like, you know, I, I can always remember the fact that Lou Bega's real name is David Lou Bega because I have an emotional attachment to that, which is that <laughs> I feel it's very bad. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So take that, conservative short asses around the world. Yeah. Take off your fucking take, take off your fucking suits in the middle of a hot day because it's not nineteen twenties America anymore. Put on a bloody t shirt and stop being bigots. No, no, when it when it goes casual, right, what they do is they wear like golf polo shirts and tie a sweater around their around their shoulders. That's how Oh it it's true, it's true. They go for the, the old fraternity dynamic. <laughs> yep. The preppy boys. You've still got a sweat as much as before, but you've got a sweat in a different place, so it's got to be neck sweat instead of pit sweat. Yeah, which it's, is hard because a, a lot of, of them don't have necks. <laughs> it's a part of conservative doctrine is there has to be a lot of sweat. Um, you know, Nixon set the precedent, uh, an incredibly sweaty man, Richard Nixon. Uh, yeah. He left puddles everywhere that he went off sweat, just dripping off him. He stood up constantly. there and said... I am not a nook full of sweat. <laughs> I am, I am but he was full of sweat. Nook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even I, I don't game, and I even I know who that is. That that's how they they um, found out about Watergate is that they could just tell from the puddles everywhere. Um, yeah, the, that's the why it's called Watergate because of all the puddles. <laughs> exactly. Water. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like um, plebgate. It's yeah. It's just a. Co- it's it's just a coincidence that it's called Watergate, the hotel, because if you think about it, the whole gate thing, you know, Sherry Gate, Pleb Gate, you know, surely it should be Watergate Gate. Yeah, exactly. These if it people was named know after nothing. the hotel. But actually it's named after the puddles of sweat, i.e. water, that Richard Nixon left behind everywhere he went. Um, yeah. In Futurama, the most realistic thing about that show was that Nixon's head was in a um, in a vat of water. That was not some water to keep his head alive. That was his own sweat. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the most like organic way to do it, isn't it? Because it's your own yes. juice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very difficult for a lot of the heads in Futurama because they have to, you know, find some kind of organic material to fill it. Often Nixon's sweat because he sweats so much. Um, but with yeah, Nixon, he's got enough to go easy. around. Yeah, so so every so often they just they just put a sponge in, pull out some Nixon sweat, and and put it over whoever else was a head in that show. I forgot <laughs> who else they had. Lots uh, of people, you know. but God, I Lots haven't watched that show in Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys are in it, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> 
I haven't watched that show in probably 10 years, maybe more. Oh, It was very, very good, wasn't it? Yeah, I used to love Futurama, and and they they made a few more series of it, and they did a couple of TV movies that were pretty good. They they kept the 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 tone right, and they kept the the characters and the comedy right. Um, yeah, they 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 did okay bringing it back. I felt like the characterization was always very strong, and they had good arcs for all of the characters throughout the series as well. But it was also really silly. Yes, yeah, Zoidberg in particular, his character yeah. arc was incredible. Um, I laughed. I cried. I laughed again. Um, yep. I, I think I've told you one of my favorite moments from a, a, a festival is not the various bands that I've seen over the years, but it was at um, at festival. It's it's fancy dress. Every year is fancy dress, and there's a different theme every year. Um, and one year was under the sea, which proved to be a very prophetic. Um, very good. Very theme good for the year because it uh, it poured it down with rain. It was it, we were basically drowning underwater the entire time um but we were we were in a tent watching a band play and um two people dressed as zoidberg noticed each other from across the 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 field and sort of walked up to each other did a little bit of a a zoidberg back and forth with their claw hands and then gave (laughs) each other a big hug and then went on their way (laughs) that's awesome what Um, band was it um i think it was um Oh, what are they called? They're the guys that are in the 28 Days Later soundtrack, an indie band. Um, oh, what are they called? The Zombie uh, Boys. <laughs> yeah, the Zombie Boys. Um, you you know them. They're a kind of... Danny Boyle's dour. Chocolate Homunculus. <laughs> Danny, Danny Boyle and, and the Blood. Um, yeah. Uh, Granddaddy. Granddaddy. I oh, Granddaddy. Nice. Yeah. I've never um, seen them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they were good. They were good. Um, I yeah, I see. I seem to remember it was Granddaddy that we saw, um, but um, but yeah, they were um, they were they were fun, and and I thoroughly enjoyed um, watching Zoidbergs become friends. That's what what we want to see. What we That's a very see. nice moment. It wouldn't be what a music we... festival in the UK if you didn't get covered like absolutely drenched with rain, would it? No, no, exactly. If it's sunny, there's something wrong. Um, yeah, but it's like a sitcom. It's never sunny at a UK music festival. <laughs> it's always rainy at a festival. Um, yeah, somewhere that I wish I was not at was at home watching <laughs> Lady and the Tramp, the live action remake. Lady and the Tramp, twenty nineteen. Yes, um, it is a movie. I think it is certainly a piece of cinema, although it it's a film that exists. Um, it has a cast of people, which I like. But people is, and animals voiced is, by people. But it is horrifying in every single way. <laughs> so would you, you use the word piece, obviously, would you call this a shit piece? A shit piece? No, because I don't think it's ambitious enough to be a shit piece. You think, don't think it's ambitious having dogs talking? <laughs> no, I don't think it's ambitious. I think it's the 2019 <laughs> equivalent of fucking Homeward Bound is what it is. Um, or what was the one with Baby? Uh, are, you, are you saying Homeward Bound is not an ambitious film? No, that's what I'm saying is Homeward Bound did it, what, 25 years ago? 30 years ago? Right. This is just Because that was ambitious at the time. I will, I, will, I will not hear a word against Homeward Bound. Thank you. No, the voices exactly. on that on that film work perfectly because you don't see the animals' mouths move, but you suspend your disbelief, don't you? Kibble, yes. kibble, kibble. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love that film. I used to watch it all the time. Did you ever? I wonder watch if it's on Disney Plus now. Homeward Bound Two, because it was a Disney movie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever saw the sequel. It was. It's called Lost in San Francisco. I don't think I've ever seen it. No, that's right. No, I didn't. I didn't. I have no memory of those dogs and the cat getting up to city hijinks. <laughs> but that's probably more Only... enjoyable than Lady in the Tramp 2019, or at least from your perspective. Because I'm, I'm going to go right in and say I did not hate this. Oh, you're... I did not hate you're this. Wrong. You're wrong. I expected this to be horrible, and it was kind of horrible. But there was something about it that I liked, and I couldn't. Even, I can't even necessarily really put my finger on it. But I thought it was funny and weird, and there was there was something about it that charmed me. 
Maybe it's is just because it? it's dogs. Claire said that she thought it was probably just because it was dogs. I think it's 100% that it was dogs and also that it takes and cannibalizes the 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 story of a good film um, instead of coming up with something of its own. Because this the plot of this is exactly the same as the original um, which is a good movie, mm-hmm. Lady in the Lady in the Tramp, the the animated film for an animated film, film from the fifties, very ahead of its time. Apart from you know the racist song and whatnot, but it has like, it has two unbelievably cute animated dogs in it. Two animated cute dogs, which are much cuter than the real dogs in this thing, because they're not terrifying eldritch abominations capable of human <laughs> speech. <laughs> you said the dog was cute when it wasn't talking, though, right? Yeah, yeah, the 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 spaniel in particular is very cute when it's not talking and when it's just being a dog. Yeah. Um when um, she's when you know, she's going, "I have rabies." I thought you'd enjoy that <laughs> I bit. I have rabies. Yes. And the one thing that I did like about this was that the cast was very very funny. Tessa Thompson is excellent. Um as mm-hmm. you would expect because she is excellent. Um and Justin Theroux is good as Tramp slash Butch slash the lone wanderer dog <laughs> the various Such, names that he comes up i've with. got lots of names um did did you enjoy how lady in the tramp 2019 is incredibly woke because it changed jock from uh, a male scottish terrier to a female scottish terrier oh is that right yeah um, but still kept you know the the scottish car- caricature element of it <laughs> yes yeah which um, is fine which, to be fair, half, it's half being... expected Jock to run out of the house like with a can of iron brew just dangling <laughs> from its schnauzer beard. Really, really drunk on Buckfast, chowing down <laughs> on on a battered Mars bar. I think yeah. that I think if Americans use Scottish stereotype, it's fine because I think they're detached enough from it for it not to be offensive. But if yeah. it was British, as long as there's was... an, a, like a big ocean between you and the place that you're stereotyping, it's fine, right? It's, it's kind of the power dynamic, isn't it? As if there's a context behind it. Like English people making fun of Scottish people, I'm I'm going to push you down a well. I'm sorry, it's going to happen. But Americans, they don't know, do they? They they love it all. They think it's charming. Yeah. They'd they'd come to Edinburgh and they'd eat the deep fried Mars bar. They would. They would. And, and, and they'd appreciate it whilst finding it disgusting, but not saying as much. Yeah, um, a bit, but, like, but I, bit I, like this film. That was kind of my reaction to it. <laughs> But I, I found some of the other elements and like I, I'm, I'm one of those people that when people use sort of um, like performative wokeness or in this case, performative woofness as a negative thing, it kind of um, it, it makes me roll my eyes and it makes me think mm, that person is definitely a sketchy individual who probably secretly hates all women slash hates all minorities slash is a massive scumbag but i did have i definitely issues. thought that about jock i i <laughs> i, I Very did have shifty. issues with this with this movie in terms of yeah it's great that it's a um it's a mixed race couple in this movie but at the same time it sets itself in the 1950s without giving any context to the fact that being a no mixed no race it's, couple it's set in, earlier than that it's set in like the 1910s the, the 19, in the 19 in the 1910s is it yeah Oh, 1909. Well, in that case, yeah. yes. Um, I think. Could you not tell being... from like the pop poppy cars and like the horse-drawn <laughs> animal catcher beedo van? Oh, that's true. There are a lot of animal-drawn things, aren't there? there yeah. Lots of dog dog-drawn carriages. Um, but yeah, but but the fact that it's set in that time period but makes no discussion of how they're a mixed-race couple and how it might actually be quite difficult to be a mixed-race couple <laughs> in 1909 is a bit odd um whereas i think maybe it would have been isn't it more just the thing that a lot of films do now where whatever story they're telling they just cast without really thinking about race or deliberately cast people who are not of a race that would be historically accurate or ever because it's seen as just sort of how it is now with the way that you make films because it's seen as racist to cast in that way in anything yeah, I think maybe there's some element of that, but also Disney has a very bad history of doing that um, in ways to try and make it marketable rather than doing it in ways to be actually positive. Um, for instance, the way that they take 
any black people out of their marketing in China when they put their movies on there. Yeah, um, yeah. which which is not very good. <laughs> um, so it's not just about the the surface level element of it. It's about actually living in it, living it across the board with your. They need your that politics. Chinese dollar. Have you heard what they're doing with Mulan? Uh, yes, it's going to be uh, thirty dollars extra. <laughs> Coming to it. Disney Plus, but you have to pay an extra thirty dollars to watch it. I, Fuck I that. Think I think that there's going to be enough idiots who do that to make it worth their while. And I think that is a very bad sign for theatres, particularly because have you seen that, um, what's it called? The Paramount Decree has been revoked today. What's the Um, Paramount Decree? So it is, um, I think it's called the Paramount Decree. Basically, it's like the uh, Comics Code Authority. The the, the Paramount Consent Decrees, what they're called. And um, basically, it stops movie studios from buying out movie theatres. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they used to do that all the time. Yeah. And that has now been revoked, which means that, hey, if you're very excited about seeing Disney owning every single movie theatre, um, or the other ones being owned by Sony or being owned by Universal and only showing their own movies and charging other um, production houses a surcharge to show their films in their theatres, thereby destroying the chances of independent movies being shown, apart from in very boutique theatres. Um, yeah, I hope you're going to enjoy that future. So between that and Disney pursuing charging extra on their streaming services to watch their films... Um, I think it's a bad sign, all in all. And was this a global agreement? No, so it's only a US agreement. I'm not sure if there are any equivalents in other countries. There might be, I don't know, but I just know about the the American one. Um, So Disney aren't going to come for my local cinema? Probably not, but it wouldn't surprise me. if Because when it comes to cinema, when America does something, it impacts on the UK quite heavily. So I think if a lot of places move to just to if if for instance five years down the line Disney owns thirty percent of 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 movie theaters, um, Universal owns thirty percent, Sony owns thirty percent, or whatever percentage you want, and you you know you've got other places on top of that, and then you've got the other ten percent being owned randomly by independent people. Um, the prevalence of those movies being shown in those theatres, I think, will have a trickle-down effect to other countries where they see, oh yes, well, if we're going to make money, we've got to just show these movies. Um, so I think outside of, of, of very boutique places, it wouldn't surprise me if that does have a negative impact on the production and the availability of independent cinema. As if that's not hard enough already, as it is. Yes, yeah. Um, basically, monopolies are fucking horrible, and big companies can go fuck themselves. Um, monopolies, you mean? <laughs> yes, monopolies. Um, and also, <laughs> yeah, Monopoly. movies, movies set in 1909 that... I, I don't understand. They could have just made it a, a, a black couple. If they really wanted it to be... If you're, if you're going to do this, I think, you know, Princess and the Frog did a really great example of how it works well, speaking of another Disney movie. Um, that's a good disney film and the one that they use the really old style love. animation after having done all of the cgi animation and then kind of going back to it where it really really worked and you almost felt like it shouldn't have worked but it did i really love princess and the frog it's one of my favorite um disney films the, the music's incredible the story's great um and yeah i think it was the last one they did which was 2d wasn't it they haven't done any mm-hmm. any 2d ones since then and and the animation no, i think beautiful. they should um, and yeah, so I, I hope they do go back to that at some point. But but I mean, I, I just sensations maybe, maybe, the animated series. May, maybe I've <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe I've just been spoiled by things like Watchmen, the TV show, which did a really good job of looking at race relations historically in America. But I think maybe maybe the fact that it doesn't. If you expect do the, an adaptation of Lady and the Tramp to do that, I think you are barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> No, but it's two hours long. It could have put in a little something. What? Yeah, I don't understand why it's two long. hours long. Half an hour of it was the chase at the end. <laughs> it was just like, come on. <laughs> yes, we get it. Dogs can run as fast as a horse that's pulling a cart. We get it. <laughs> um, this movie was very boring, I found. Um, it felt long. Disney so this is be. directed by Andrew Bujalski, which, as I said before, is kind of weird because he was the Mumblecore guy, right? Have you seen well, I, his I think, like early films? I think he wrote it. I don't think he directed it. Written, yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I hear a dog. Is it telling you that it? Yeah. Stop talking shit about Lady and the Tramp. It's <laughs> yeah, it's saying it's his favorite film. <laughs> um, so he did. Um, he did Beeswax, didn't he? Yeah, um, I which, don't think, I think I've, I've seen, seen that one, but I've seen um, Funny Haha, Mutual Appreciation. Um, those two, at least, I used to have the DVDs on. I went through like a mumblecore phase. I was very into it. And, you know, I don't know how they'd hold up now, however many years later, but I thought it was kind of a cool thing. And there was a quality to Lady and the Tramp that I thought you could tell that he had written it. And there was a sort of a sort of a loose charm about it to my to me anyway. I didn't feel as though it had any mumblecore elements in it whatsoever, I'm afraid. Um, I, I, I feel as though it was very, very restricted by the original movie. Um, and I suppose it took the element of mumblecore movies being languid. Yeah. And it brought, it brought that into it because this movie is boring and slow. Um, Much and like the life long. of a dog. I would not say that dogs' lives are either boring or slow. I think they're exciting and far too short. Yeah, that's true. But, well, <laughs> a lot of dogs do spend a lot of time sitting around yeah, and they... sitting for portraits as well. <laughs> I, I, I dread to think of what your dog's going to have to go through if you're going to make it sit for portraits. Like it's going to be bloody grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Pay a lot of money for it. Um yeah, I, I really didn't like this film at all. I got very bored. All of the way through, I was just thinking, I wished I was watching the animated original. Um, you didn't think it looked nice? No. I thought that, well, maybe that's not true. I thought that the actual live action segments, because let's be honest here, there are two sides to this movie. There's live action, which is where the humans are in it, and the, the 10% of dog yeah. footage, which is not CGI nightmares. And then there's the other half, which is which they CGI did use real dogs, dogs for. And then, and then, yeah, there, there's no actually, yeah, that's true. There's no CGI in this movie, is there? There's just wires and pulleys to pull these poor dogs into the shapes that they needed to make it look. <laughs> like they were is that how they did it? They had like yeah. a wire on the dog's mouth, going, "Smile, come on, say your lines, get it right this time." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's Charlie Bean. Charlie Bean directed this, and he was just there off screen with some wires and pulleys, just like, "Come on, you fucking dogs! Do I hate you so much." <laughs> All of them. Smile, just like, you know when you, you see a dog. <laughs> You see a dog walker and they've got like 10 dogs. It was like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, because he hates, yeah. he hates, he hates dogs. That's, that's what's true about That's the reason he wanted to direct this film, to get yeah, his revenge knew, on the dog community. He knew that he could cause dogs pain and cause people who like dogs to not enjoy his movies. Um, but but it, it all seriously. He directed Charlie... a lot of weird cartoons. This is I'm just looking at his thing now. <laughs> yeah, I, he I, did. I it's was really cool. Ren and Stimpy layout artist. He's got quite a good CV. He, he did loads of really great work on on '90s cartoons. So he was involved in Animaniacs as well. And um, I am Dexter's Weasel. Lab. Um, Remember, I am Weasel. <laughs> I I loved all of those. So all of those um all of those cartoons. So Dexter's Lab, I am Weasel, Cow and Chicken, um are amazing. He did Powerpuff Girls as well. Um, he did Samurai Jack, which is an incredible TV show. So yeah, his animated work is genuinely, I think, r- a real standout. Um, and he he wasn't just a sort of you know a minor player in those he went on to be a writer or a, or, or or a key artist or storyboard artist for a lot of them um and so yeah he's got a good cv but this is not a good film i'm sorry i know it's got dogs in it but um <laughs> but it's not good it's really bad it, I, I hated it i hate it hated it <laughs> did you really yeah it didn't really okay did. the scene with f murray abraham trying to get them to have sex in the alley did that not charm you <laughs> I mean, was it, it did, was he same, was he not utterly charming? It it was, but at the same time, because it's real dogs, it does make you realise this is a couple of people trying to make dogs fuck in an alley, um, whilst and, ignoring and them, their paying restaurant customers. Yeah, well, one of them I can get behind because um, Arturo Castro is um, he's in Broad City and and plays a very very. Um, horny man in that i don't know have you seen broad city <laughs> bits and pieces but i've not much of it no i think i saw the first but, couple and never went back to it not because i didn't like it just because yeah because because life gets in the way sometimes yeah watching 
five series of a television show i i really love broad city and i really love his character in it so when he turned up in this i was like hey there we go his broad city guy um and and then he's trying to make dogs fuck um so um, spaghetti and meatballs with spaghetti and meatballs and and i think that's the problem isn't it is and that's my problem with and, and why i've been hesitant to watch a lot of these quote unquote live action movies is yeah. that it it's it the wrong term it takes away your suspension of disbelief for the story that you're watching. Um, yeah. Where it's very charming in the original movie, where there's these two dogs falling in love in an alley over over a spaghetti and meatball dinner. It's less charming when you see this alley in real life, and it's an alley behind a restaurant, and it's two genuine dogs, like, chowing down on meatballs. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> in a realistic yeah. dog-like way. It, yeah, it's it's... It's it's it instead becomes gross, and you kind of think I don't want to go to that restaurant because these people get enjoyment out of watching dogs fuck. And there are people. The customers are looking out the window, being like, "What the fuck, you guys?" Well, maybe that's why they go there. Maybe it's the dog fuck restaurant. Maybe, <laughs> maybe people are like, "Oh, you know, dinner and a show." <laughs> yeah, you got to ring up to make a booking. They're booked up for like six months straight. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can only book in dog time, so you know every seven minutes, yeah, <laughs> etc. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so, what, what time would you like a table? Six thirty. Oh, okay. So that's actually like fourteen thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I did. I I thought that was the real problem with this. And again, people that scene just, specifically. Well, that scene. That scene nearly worked because it was so reminiscent of such an iconic scene, and the two lead, the two actual actors in it are so charming that it nearly works. But at the same time, you can never get over that. And and at the same time, other scenes of it become really unpleasant and almost you don't believe them. So when the aunt takes um, Lady to go and get the muscle fitted, um, you know, in the in the original movie, when when the similar scene happens there because it's animated you you expect that kind of villainy from an animated villain character in that way yeah but when it's done by a real human you kind of think literally no one looking after someone's dog for like a week would do this no i can't yeah. believe that yvette nicole brown from community would do that to a sweet little doggy <laughs> yeah exactly and and even if they were the most mean most dog hating person in the world they wouldn't do that for a dog that they're looking after for a week um, no, you know it. It, ju- it just wouldn't happen. But the, the, um, how they got there also was just like within the logic of the film. I think didn't work, which was the cats. Where like obviously they they didn't have the racist song. They replaced it with like a horrible blues song that was somehow worse. I don't know. It was, <laughs> yeah, just, it was a it really was a, bad song. It was a really bad song. The only bonus is it's not no offense to Janelle Monet who wrote it, but yeah, the, the, it's not the, a good the, song. The the bonus is that it's not a racist song. That's great. Well done. Not an incredibly racist song, but it didn't work. It was just really weird. Um, yeah, and that and, like they and, immediately came out of the bags and just started singing and fucking everything up apropos of absolutely nothing. And it's like you could at least have had some <laughs> kind of altercation or that kind of thing, but no, they literally came out and just started fucking everything up. And it's like and, and, spend a little bit more time on that. And a little bit less time on the dog chasing the cart thing at the end that went on for half an hour. It's like, Christ, guys, come on. And that was the point where, for me, that really didn't work because it was outside the languid pace of the film that I'd started to enjoy at that point. Because that's the thing, is that some things feel very, very fast-paced and some things feel very, very slow, don't they? So, um, so yeah, like you said, they just come out and they're immediately like, all right, I'm going to fuck up this house. Um, which, to be fair, some cats can do that, um, but most yeah, of the time, you have cats, if first-hand in, experience, right? But 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 most of the time, cats when they're in a new environment are very timid about going around and fucking everything up. So our cat, bless her, she loves knocking things off tables deliberately. She, it's one one of her favourite things to do. Um, but when she's in a new environment, she doesn't do that. Even if she's going to um, to like stay with someone for a few days when when we're we're going on holiday or something like that she'll actually be very very well behaved because it's not an environment that she's familiar with um so yeah not accurate cats in this movie about talking dogs yeah but it's a it's a movie for dog people so they're going to make cats look evil aren't they 
Yeah, I, I didn't mind that part. I don't care if they make cats look evil, but it was more that they were very, very instantly evil. And it's like, you know, give me give me a little bit of something to work with here. Build it up. But would you say that the cats in this are better than the cats in Cats? I think I like the cats in Cats more. Yeah, no, d- definitely. I prefer the cats in Cats. These cats in this film were very, very creepy, and they'd chosen a deliberately creepy breed as well. Like They're, they're not hairless, <laughs> are they? Hashtag but... Paddy hates cats. Yeah, this is you need, you need, yeah a Devon Rex. I'd never even heard of it. It was a very horrible breed of like skinny-looking nasty cat. Not a fan. <laughs> I don't hate all cats, just a lot of cats, especially Jellicles. <laughs> Jellicle cats are the worst. Yeah, Dev, yeah, Devon Rexes are those weird, very very short-haired cats, aren't they? So they're still wrinkly, like a like a hairless. Yeah. But, um, you- I don't how anyone could ever think that like a wrinkly hairless cat is something you want to look at or have in your house. I just <laughs> so they, they do I have, don't get it. They do special have giant powers. bat ears. <laughs> they do have special powers. My cat has special hour, special powers. She got the special, special hours. Absolutely dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, yeah, um, did not did but, not like the cats and the song. But I did like no. the song that was Janelle Monet as the the like um, the long haired dog singing in the dog pound, and all the dogs do like dog backing vocals. So someone had to either record a bunch of dogs or like barking, or record a bunch of people going like a dog to mix that in. And I want to know think, who did that and how they did it. Well, I think they probably did both, didn't they? Is the dogs have to have done it? Either that, or they they just filmed a bunch of dogs and then CGI'd it in. Yeah, but then yeah, they'll have had to record a bunch of people being being dogs going aru. Now, why isn't that my job? That's that's what I want to know. I spend this whole week making corporate videos, making like music and animations and all sorts of stuff. That's my job, uh, among other things at work. But like, why aren't I just getting paid to go aru? You know, I could do that. That was someone's <laughs> job, not mine. <laughs> Oh, excellent, excellent. I could even take the maybe, lead vocal next time, maybe. Yeah, maybe you should do He's that. He's a tramp. Woof, woof, do, woof. do you think that Lady and the Tramp 2019 is better than Lady and the Tramp 2 Scamp's Adventure? I have not the, seen that. Which is the direct-to-video sequel to Lady and the Tramp that was released in 2001. Oh, that was really like the golden era of straight-to-video sequels, wasn't it? Sort of late nineties <laughs> really to early two thousands. Um, I, I have, ha- not, have not seen it. I have not seen it, but Alyssa Milano is the voice of Angel, a Pomeranian Siberian Husky mix. All right, I'm listening. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, so apparently, but I, I have not seen this, but it seems as though the plot is almost identical to the made for made for TV. Um, Little Mermaid sequel which I don't know if you remember that where basically one of their kids is like I want to go be a mermaid and this one is one of their pups going I want to go be a street dog right okay I'm looking at it now running time 69 minutes nice Um, but I am glad that it's only 69 minutes long because this is I, I'm, I'm sounding boring deliberately here because this film bored me because it's two hours long two hours you're you're thinking i haven't i haven't got time for this i I started it and i was like how the fuck are they gonna make this two hours long is there like a no one's got time is there like a matrix style twist halfway through where secretly they're human and the the humans are dogs or something like that is is there robots in it is it is it gonna is there some time loop or something like that no it just keeps going and going and going yeah, and they just keep doing dog stuff. But it's just so boring. It's just like they just they go they get caught by the pound man, and and the fat yeah, pound man. And, I liked and, him. Um, he was funny. He was funny. He was doing his best Jack Black impression. Yeah, I I didn't want to say that, but it was totally a, like a Jack Black role that they couldn't get Jack Black for. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And no offense to Adrian Martinez, who has a very good. An impressive CV. He's done a lot of stuff, but yeah, they they wrote that for Jack Black. You can tell. Yeah, yeah, and he does a good job of being fake, fake Jack Black. Um, there, there is a few things that I did like about this movie, though. I like the fact that it it made canon the fact that dogs get married. Did you catch that? 
No. So when when Tramp is coming on to one of the poodles and says, "Oh, are you twins? Oh, no. How do you know each other?" and and the poodle goes, "That's my wife." Uh, go. Yeah, that was funny. I, I appreciated then, that. I thought that was funny. I put that in my notes. I wrote down poodle husband and I was trying to remember what that meant. So thanks for reminding me. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I reminded you. But yeah, so dogs apparently are officially married. I don't know how that happens, whether it's a human ceremony that they have or whether the dogs have like a dog priest of some description. There must be a dog priest. They're saving that for the sequel. Lady I mean, we, the kn- we, know that all, we know that all dogs go to heaven. So there must be some semblance of dog priests somewhere. Yeah. To tell all the bad dogs that they're going to hell. Yeah, even though it's not true. Yes, because all dogs go to heaven, but they've got to be good and, you know, play fetch properly. Yeah. That's one they should do a a creepy live action remake of. All dogs go to heaven. Yeah, I think the the scene where he dreams of going to hell. I think would go down really, really well in a live action setting where you just see a, a dog being tortured. I'm yeah. sure the kids will love that. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that people want now. People are too desensitized to violence, you know. No one will bat an eyelid. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they just want it to become more and more grim. Yeah. They want um they want a live action version of the rescuers where you get to see two mice being chased by alligators. Yeah. <laughs> and a girl nearly drowning in a cave while getting a a gem out of a skull, and it's and it, you know it's all to it's, scale. It's it's got to be real. There's got to be a a real human skull there. You know, none of this fake skull nonsense because it's live action. You can't use a fake skull. It's got to be a real skull. Yeah. Dis Disney finds someone and shoots them. Probably me because I criticize this movie so much. I can, I can <laughs> hear the Mickey Mouse police coming already. Yeah, they're knocking um, at your door. They've been knocking at your door for weeks. You've been ignoring have, them. They have. I've been ignoring them. It's too hot to deal with that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then they'll 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 get all the flesh off my skull, and then they'll put a gem in it, and then they'll put it in a cave, and then they'll take a frightened girl and say, "Go get that skull, and we're going to pour water in, and you get to watch whilst your pet mice get eaten by alligators." And, and this could double up as the next instalment in the Indiana Jones franchise. Exactly. Exactly. Um, do you Kingdom like the of the Gordon Skull. I love the Rescuers, and my wife won't watch it with me. Why not? Something about mice or whatever. I don't know. I think if it's like you didn't enjoy it when you were a child, then you you just hate it. It's like a block for you, isn't it? I see. I see. Even oh, though um, the Rescuers too, the Rescuers Down Under. Love that one even more potentially. Oh, I'll, I'll watch that with you. I prefer yeah. the original. I I prefer the original to the sequel, but I do like the Rescuers Down Under as well. I think. Yeah, that's, that's a good is. sequel. That's not yes, like yeah. the Rescuers Two, new characters adventure, sixty nine minutes <laughs> long, is it? Their their kids adventure. Their kid that's like clearly just a version of the Tramp rather than a proper mongrel of the two breeds, as it would look. <laughs> yeah, I want a big floppy eared Tramp. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's literally just a mini version of him. And Claire said that Tramp in this film looked like Harrison Ford, which I thought was very unfair. And I thought it was just because she'd seen a poster of Call of the Wild where he was in it with a dog, but which I still haven't seen, by the way. I suppose if you combined that dog with Harrison Ford, it might end up looking like Tramp in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, did you enjoy the dogs, though? I know you like dogs. I did. I did. I think that's the thing. If if it wasn't dogs, I'd have been like, oh, this is too weird. But I think also because we'd already seen The Lion King and had a chance to deal with the fact that it is so weird. We should talk about The Lion King another time, just so you can enjoy the weirdness of um, more live-action animals talking. But that is so bizarre and so weird. And that, that one is where it, it doesn't work at all because it's too weird. I think because I had that as a bit of context as well, Going into this, it felt a lot more light-hearted, and I was I was ready. I was ready for it. I was primed. I didn't. I went into it wanting to ignore that, so I was able to. That makes sense. Yeah, your brain had already been fried by the Lion King, so you were yeah. more willing to accept the talking dogs in this. Hakuna Matata. A dog am a talking. <laughs> what a terrifying sight! Yeah. <laughs> My dog is now talking. And it's a pile of shy. <laughs> That's your your capsule review of this film. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what but as soon as the dog books. spoke, dog started speaking, Claire was like, oh, fuck no. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that Claire still has a sense of perspective. So she didn't like it, but I yes, enjoyed it. Good. And I liked um, the old dog, who's like, he's like, I'm um, an old reliable. Dusty. I'd like to be an old Dust, reliable. Dusty, husky, musty, crusty. Musty, crusty, trusty. Trusty, with his nose, the bloodhound. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. great in the... You've seen the original, haven't you? The, the, the yeah, yeah, not for a very long time, but yeah. Cause he's, we didn't he's have it on well. video when I was a kid, but it was, okay. you'd always watch it at someone else's house. Um, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of the... Well, not a huge fan. I've not watched it in years. And when when I finished watching this, I was like, oh, maybe I should watch the original. But I was like, you know what? I just can't deal with it right now. <laughs> I don't want to see any more dogs. <laughs> it, it, it just kind of this movie i'm sure it's not a tem i'm sure it's not a permanent thing but it temporarily ruined the first film for me for a little while i was like you know what i just can't handle looking at something that's like this because i'm just gonna see a <laughs> terrifying talking dog which which you know i do see every so often i woke up in the middle of the night and it was there outside my window the other day yeah yeah you know, just saying chaos reigns to me over and over again <laughs> um yeah because it was quite a chaotic film, wasn't it? It's a. I I hated it. I'm sorry. I really hated it. I'm sorry the people who made it. You know, it's a lot of people that I like, but uh, stop making things with talking CGI shit in it. This is the thing. Do you think they'll ever be able to do this and for it not to be weird? No, because dogs' mouths don't move in that way. Yeah, that's true. But, it, it, I think it's different if you're coming up with something entirely new. Um, you know, if it's an alien or you, Avatar is a great example. Is the first Avatar was groundbreaking at the time because of the special effects. If you go back and watch it now, it does look quite goofy. Um, but that's because, you know, it's been nearly a decade now. Maybe it's been even more than a decade since the first one came out. I've um, never seen it. I wouldn't bother now. At the time in the cinema, it's actually it's one of those few movies because it was shot entirely in 3D. Yeah, um, it did make good use of 3D. So as as a as a sensation to watch, um, it was it was quite interesting. Um, I, I think I I now. objected to 3D at the time, having to wear 3D glasses because as, as someone who already wears glasses, it's actually quite difficult. Yeah, you'd have to awkwardly position them over the top or wear them instead of your actual glasses. And and it's a problem that's never been addressed. No, they should make little clip-on ones to the top of your glasses, shouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. They didn't make those. Why didn't you make those, James Cameron, you dick? <laughs> you or, all, or, all these millions of dollars to make, like, blue-suited people couldn't even give me a little clip for, like, $3? Or, or tem- temporary 3D contact lenses you can put in. No, no. Just it, for... it has to be glasses or nothing. I don't, I don't touch my eyes. It's too weird. Well, Touching I... my eyes is as, is weirder than, like... Eldritch talking dogs for me. I think that I I love the the theories like the the literary theory and 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 the the, the philosophy around the cyborg because when you think of cyborg you do think of you know like Terminator and RoboCop mm-hmm. and stuff like that but really cyborg goes beyond that and so it's it's about having those kind of uh that that kind of transhuman experience where you've been enhanced by something so really contact lenses turns you into a cyborg in a way yeah maybe that's why i'm afraid of it it's it's a step too far towards nanites eating you alive in the great unification or whatever the but what's that (laughs) is it is it called the great unification the theory that that prince charles is terrified of Oh yeah, geez, it's something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's something like that, isn't it? Where, um, where we all become, we all get eaten by by nanobots yeah. and just get turned into grey paste. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna happen. Which I would so prefer. B- before to that happens, in the Tramp twenty nineteen. <laughs> before we all get eaten by the grey paste, do you think that if they keep making these kind of films, we'll eventually get used to it? No. Um, and if they're making, think... they start making original films with this kind of photorealistic animation, because technology-wise, it's only going to get better, right? So, it, like, it, how could they make a film where it works? It would have to be aliens or magic animals, like orcs and stuff like that. I think dogs' faces don't move in that way, <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem. Is lions and dogs there? They don't have the 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 muscles to move there. <laughs> to move their mouths to speak um 
so I don't think that's ever going to work. Um, yeah, so really what they should do is just have the dogs barking and subtitle it. <laughs> exactly, that's what they should do. Have it in black and white, dogs barking with subtitles, with some kind of industrial drone in the background, and basically make <laughs> David Lynch's Lady in the Tramp, please. Yeah, that's what we want. Um, yeah, that's what that's what this podcast wants. David Lynch, if you're listening, and I know you're listening because you're a big fan of our work. Yeah, um, he listens every week. <laughs> he He's got nothing better week. to do. Um, how about it? Why don't you go and proposition Disney to make your version of Lady and the Tramp, or maybe maybe David Lynch's Homeward Bound would be better. I, th- I think, yeah, yeah. I I think a bizarre journey through the woods with animals barking and subtitles underneath fits his mo better, doesn't it? Definitely, um, yeah. You, could go you can make it nice movie, and ominous. But basically, making Stalker, but with talking dogs. That's what we're asking for, David Lynch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Get on it, please. I'd, oh, it's I'd like a Slender Man thing. Slender, Slender Golden Retriever. <laughs> slender Dog. Yeah, Slender Dog. Yeah. Um, Slender so... Dog Millionaire. <laughs> That's the film that I want. I bet that Slender Dog is a meme. I bet there's already a meme for Slender Dog. Yeah. It's, it's a little dog with tendrils. Um, but, um, yeah, that's what we want. Give us give us Slender Dog. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just have a feeling that this kind of stuff... Everyone's saying that this stuff is too weird now, but... In 10 to 15 years after a bunch more films with photorealistic animation like this have been made, it'll seem less weird. That's my only inkling. I don't think it's going to be because of the technology. I think it's because Disney keeps making money off them, so they're going to keep making them, though. Of course, yeah. I I don't think... I think it's still going to look weird objectively, but I think people will just get worn down by constantly watching them. So, guys, here's an idea. Don't go and see them. If you don't like them... Don't fucking watch them. They're not good films. Turn it off watch, after you watch, get to the alleyway scene. Watch the that's 19, the only good bit. <laughs> watch the 1950s Lady and the Tramp instead. Watch the 90s uh, Lion King. Don't bother with these fucking things. That, that's my message to humanity. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't bother watching anything. <laughs> well, don't, don't, watch, don't watch shite photorealistic so-called like live action remakes of cartoons because they're never any good this one i just think had something about it there was there was a look and a languidness to it that i liked it it had a light-hearted humor and i i I felt like i think you probably disagree i felt like it was aware of its own ridiculousness no well i think it was but that doesn't stop it from being shit Yeah, but Sharknado. to me that's a nice quality. Sharknado's aware of its own ridiculousness, but it's still a fucking terrible movie. Yeah, but that that jumps the shark in in those terms, doesn't it? You, that, there's a there's a shark of of self awareness, and you can jump over it, and that's the Sharknado school of film, isn't it? So this movie was too much of a coward to be Sharknado. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You, so you you wanted Dognado? Was that the film you you, you were expecting? Watch. I'd rather watch Shark Dog Millionaire, thank you very much, <laughs> than than this. It's the bloody crime it's busters bloody of the sea. You just like it because it's got dogs in it. It's a it's a it. The only good things of this are the fact that it comes from a genuinely wonderful classic animated movie that they just stole as much as they could from it to make a shot for shot remake with terrifying talking dogs. I think we we need to find a dog film that I don't like because I don't know if that exists. Cujo. <laughs> Cujo. Oh, I, I haven't seen it. I'm aware oh, really? of it, obviously. Yeah, I've I've seen the trailer for it, and it looks dated. Or we could but watch a dog's a dog's purpose. That's a dog's to be purpose. Bad. That yeah, that is supposed to be awful. Um, or I mean, I've watched some bad dog films. Me and Adam did a marathon once of like all these dog films, including Sherlock Bones. Actually, one of them was really bad. We cool dog. Is that one of them? Old old yellow? No, I used to love that when I was a kid. It'll make me cry. We could watch Frank and Weenie because I know that you hate Tim Burton. Oh fuck yeah, that is probably that's probably rubbish. And that's I'm going to call it now and say that's the worst dog film. Uh, well, Have you seen it? Si- no, but since since Lady and the Tramp exists, I highly doubt that Frank and Weenie is worse. They need to do the live action version of Frank and Weenie. 
it's just a taxidermy dachshund just being yeah, wheeled around. Like, rotting corpse dog comes to life. <laughs> this is what Tim Burton lives for. This is his thing. I'd love that. Tim Burton. Uh, I'm a fan of yours, Tim Burton. Paddy's not. Because Paddy I am not. Has, Paddy has no joy. <laughs> Possibly my second like, least favourite director. Paddy, Paddy only likes things if they've got talking, horrifying dogs in them that aren't meant to be horrifying. That's the only genre of movie that he likes. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I don't like Frank and Weenie because he meant it to be horrifying, no matter he how meant it was it received. To be cute, horrifying. Didn't yeah. He? Um. Yeah. No, this movie was trash, Paddy. I'm sorry. Have you got, Have you got anything else you but want dogs, to say about? Dogs like yeah. trash, so that was definitely intentional. That's how they and, wanted it. And you know what so you the do joke's when on your you. dog tries. You know what you do when your dog tries to get into the trash. You stop it from getting into the trash because otherwise it will make itself sick. Yeah. So in other words, don't watch this film. You are the dogs. Dis- that's what Disney thinks of you. Disney don't watch this you film, you dogs. Disobedient dogs. <laughs> and so our Bad message dog. to you is to not go rooting through the trash, which is this film, and instead enjoy the nice sausages that we've cooked up, which are in fact a better movie such as anything else that we've watched on this podcast such as frank and weenie such as frank and weenie maybe i've not seen it um but i i assume just by the sheer force of will that the law of averages states that frank and weenie is a better movie than lady in the tramp 2019 it's probably less weird or or weird in a better way weird in a less not deliberate way one thing I didn't like was that Ken Jong was in it, and I love him, but he was only in it for like ten seconds. Yeah, it's they true. They should He's have done there. something with him. He delivers a baby and then he leaves. Yeah. What is he? The stork. That's exactly right. I'm surprised that they showed that in a Disney film. I thought they would have tried to get rid of any semblance of of real childbirth. Yeah, that's because we know they're not allowed to show sex in Disney films. Oh, it's true. They've, they've got to cover up people's bums. Apart from in, in The Ugly Dachshund, when they were talking about it in every scene, but never <laughs> mentioning it. Somehow managing to talk about it all the time whilst never mentioning it, which they were very good at in the 50s. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, um, Do I have anything so, else So, yeah, have you got say? anything else you want to share about this movie? I thought the music was good. I liked... Liked all the little jazzy bits. It was the music felt, you know, of the time and helped with the overall aesthetic. I thought that was good. Yeah, I, that's true. I did like the music. It was very well done and it fitted it well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was good. So no, that's all I have to say. It's, it, it, it. Something about it charmed me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it again. But like, I. I think I just wanted to like it because it's got dogs in it and I didn't want I don't want all these like live action films to be bad. I really wanted just one of them to be sort of okay. So I guess I just went into it and that's how it was for me because that's how I wanted it to be. And if it's dogs, it's always going to be easy for that to be the case, right? I suppose this movie's shit. Um <laughs> how many how many dogs have you watched fucking in an alley? Behind your favourite restaurant, then, out of 20. <laughs> Let's see. I'll give it 9 out of 20. It's not, not necessarily even halfway there, because it is quite weird. But, as I say, that that's enough of a score to reflect the fact that it, it charmed me, even within the context of it being a bizarre, photorealistic remake that shouldn't exist. Yeah, and I, I watched um, Four Dogs Fucking in an Alley. Um, <laughs> It was, yeah, I, I, there's so many talented people in, involved in this and a lot of them. Yeah, are you've got to give them their, some credit, right? A, a lot of them are trying their hardest, but this is a terrible idea and there was nothing good that could have come of creating this movie in the first place. So those four points go to everyone involved in this movie. You tried as hard as you could, but this is a piece of shit. Not a shit piece. Our eight points go to Justin Theroux. Uh, uh, 10 points go to Janelle Monet. <laughs> 12 points for Tessa Thompson. Um, who, yeah, for Tessa, Disney Tessa, themselves, nul point. Yeah, Tessa Thompson, you deserve to be the lead in much better movies than this. You yeah. are, she's so good. 
why is she not the lead in more things? That's the question for you, audience. Why do you think that Tessa Thompson's not been cast as the lead in more things? Because she's very good in everything. Yeah, nothing bad on her CV, as far as I can tell. Apart from this, but then she's trying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got to think, like, they must have thought it would be interesting to be involved in something like this, right? Well, yeah, I guess. Maybe, maybe or was it just it was, that Disney was going to pay them a lot of money? Maybe initially they re- it was going to be directed by David Lynch, but then he pulled yeah. out. He had to go and make the new series of Twin Peaks instead. That's what but I choose to believe. They already signed the contract. Yeah, that's what I choose to believe. Um, that they, they weren't going to be voicing the dogs. David Lynch was just going to put little dog ears on them and little tails. <laughs> and they were still going to. They weren't going to say their lines. They were still going to woof them, and then there was going to be subtitles underneath. Yeah, and then they, they were they were shooting it, and they were like, "Why am I saying the lines? I thought I was supposed to woof." It's like, just say the line. Come on, just do <laughs> just it. Say, just say the lines. Yeah. The quicker you um, do this, the quicker we can all go home. And forget this. This whole thing ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, are you excited to learn what we've got up next? Yeah, of course. Is, are there dogs in it? I have no idea. There might be. There might not be. Um, so, um, if you remember. A movie came to Netflix a couple of years ago called The Kissing Booth. Oh, yes. It's always there. Every time I open Netflix, it's there. (laughs) Yes, and we have not watched it yet. However, um, The Kissing Booth 2 has just come out, and now that is everywhere on my Netflix instead. So I'm not sure how you'd like to do this, whether you'd like to do The Kissing Booth 1 one week and The Kissing Booth 2 the next week or whether you'd like to do a double bill of both. I think let's do a double bill, because if the second one is really terrible, as they often are, um, it's easier to just get it out of the way than to spend a whole episode on it, isn't it? I'm just <laughs> okay. thinking of... Um, what was the other one? To All the Boys I've Loved Before? It's the To All the Boys theory, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, you know, there shouldn't be that law of diminishing returns on... Um... <laughs> on 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 netflix movies that have the same cast but for somehow there is um yeah but yeah okay it's the opposite of beethoven's second let's let's watch them both then yeah all right cool well thanks a lot for tuning in and i i hope that you did enjoy lady in the tramp 2019 i hope you do watch it and form your own opinion even though it's weird <laughs> i hope that you Go and watch the original and then have a nice cup of tea and don't waste your time on this nonsense. And stop giving Disney bad ideas for films by watching them. Yeah. Is that how it works? Whatever people are watching on Disney Plus, they're like, oh, that's what we're going to remake. So really, by that logic, you shouldn't watch the old one. No, I mean, if, you know, um, the number of people that went to go and see The Lion King and the number of people that watch this, that will then... By and but Disney will be looking at their analytics of how much money they make or how many streams, yeah, they and then they'll use that to dictate what they watch, what they create. So don't okay. watch something Next better. up, Robin Hood with a talking fox, a talking snake, <laughs> a massive fuck off talking lion in a tabard. Yeah. Um, with the crown what you on. Should, what you should go and watch is go and watch the Black Hole. So we get a remake of that really cool '70s sci-fi made by Disney. It's just you, like, watching that on repeat every day to bump yeah, up the numbers. Yeah, I'm, I'm just watching it every single day, multiple times, just in the background. Um, or, um, or yeah, or, or or petition them to put Dave the Barbarian onto Disney+, Plus because for some reason they haven't. Yeah, very disappointing. And Airbud as well. None of the Airbud stuff's on there. Oh, come on, Disney. Get it together. Yeah, sort it out. God's sake. Stop making these live action remakes. Give us Dave the Barbarian. Give us Black Hole remake. Give us Airbud movies. Yep. Sort it out, Disney. Would you, you suck. would you spend thirty dollars to watch Airbud on Disney Plus? If it was all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you would genuinely give them more money. Yeah. If I'd pay $30 to access the entire Airbud cinematic universe as a one off payment. <laughs> and that includes all the puppies spin offs as well, which also you, have talking talking live action dogs as well. You but could they're probably don't, buy don't them all for like a tenner, couldn't you? Yeah. On, on DVD. Uh, yeah. Or, or VHS. 
just watch them on YouTube because people have uploaded them and no one's bothered to take them down because they don't care. <laughs> That's how much Disney cares about AirPods. <laughs> Treat it with some respect, Disney. This is an important part of your history. Yeah, it's very disrespectful. It is. That dog's dead is. now because of you. <laughs> Not because of old age. It drank <laughs> itself to death because of the lack of care from Disney. Yep, it did. Everyone knows that. <laughs> There's blood happened. on the mouse's hands. <laughs> And he's knocking at your door right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So Rob's going to go and answer the door to Mickey Mouse. Yeah, but he's here and... now. He's got a baseball bat. Yeah. He just wants to play some baseball. It's fine. It's going to be some dark mousecapades for me, I'm afraid. Yeah. So if, if we don't come back next week, then you know why. You'll have to find him at Disneyland. We'll have to go yeah. on a crusade to like rescue him from Disneyland. Yeah, I'm just, my severed head is on the It's a Small World After All. Bit. Yeah. And I'm there filling up a jar with Richard Nixon's sweat, trying to get it in, going, quick, <laughs> yeah, quick. quick. <laughs> we can still save the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, in the future, this show will be presented by Your Head in a Jar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed Lady in the Tramp, or or not, as the case may be, but... Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening, and we really, really do appreciate it. And, you know, we we love to hear from you. Um, we love to have you rate our podcast and stuff. We love to have you give us money if you want to. No obligation. There's a link in our show notes, and you'll have heard a little snippet at the beginning of the show as well. If you want to support us, that's the best way to do it. Yes, yeah, please, please do. Or don't, whatever you prefer. But we'd prefer it if you do, of course. Yeah. Woof. And um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on the emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week for the uh, Kissing Booth Double Bill. Alrighty. Bye bye. It's my, my backing vocals there. I can't believe someone got paid to do that. <laughs> That's what we could do. That's what we could do. Yeah.